we have been in a message series the entire month of February entitled, Shh, okay? The secret of having a healthy marriage. And the very first week, Pastor Chris Boltz, the former tall Pastor Chris Boltz, right? He said this, he said, the secret to a healthy marriage is not a common interest. A common interest may bring you together, but it's a common mission that keeps you together. It has staying power. And this is the one, of the, one of the reasons I want you, if you're not currently a follower of Jesus, to, to lean in and at least consider it. Because the moment someone commits their life to Christ, they're also committing themselves to Christ's mission. In fact, it was that way from the very beginning. Jesus would say, come, follow me, and I will make you disciples of men. I'm gonna teach you to be a disciple who makes disciples. So when you are a Christian couple, when you're two people that follow Jesus and you get married, Christ has already given you that common mission. So another way we could say it is the secret to a healthy marriage is devoting yourselves to God's mission. He determines your mission together as a couple. And so uh, this is an idea when you look at it that is foreign when we think of it in regards to marriage. Like if I said right now, the secret to a healthy church is devoting ourselves to God's mission. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you'd say, well, that, I mean, that makes sense, right? You're, you're a church. But when it comes to marriage, we often don't think in this context. But do you realize, don't miss this, do you realize your marriage serves as a significant strategic part of God's mission to this world. In fact, the Apostle Paul understood this. Listen to what he said to the church in Ephesus. He said, and he was quoting Genesis 2.24. He says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. You've heard this verse before in weddings, right? Or whatever, uh, if you've been around church for a while. But the very next verse is his commentary, his teaching on this verse. He says, now this is a great mystery. And he's acknowledging, and we should acknowledge, he's not gonna fully explain it. He can't and won't be able to fully explain it, but he says there's something unique about the relationship between a husband and wife. It's an illustration or reflection of Christ and the church, the way that Christ loves and sacrifices for the church and the way the church responds to the leadership and the love of Christ. It's some unusual thing that can't be fully explained, but in some unique way, marriage expresses the goodness of God like no other human relationship. One of the ways that marriage reflects the relationship between Christ and the church is through a unity of mission. Christ has the mission of seeking and saving the lost. He gives the church the same mission to go make disciples, to go seek and to save the lost. In the same way, God puts a husband and wife together and unites them in mission to be about God's mission. In fact, you could say it this way. Your marriage ultimately is all about fulfilling God's mission together. God put you together for his glory, your blessing, and the blessing of others. There's no other married couple like you. You have unique experiences. You have unique uh, personalities. There's a unique connection between you, and you uniquely reflect and illustrate the love of Christ in and through your marriage. God's put you together to fulfill your mission. Now, last week, what we talked about is, okay, if this is a reality, if this is true, how do we get on mission together? If you're a couple right now that's married in the room or about to get married and you say, man, we just don't feel like we're on mission together, you're in the majority. You're not the minority. The majority of couples would say, man, I don't know if I'm on mission with my spouse. Or if it is mission, I don't think it's God's mission. And that's okay. So that's why last week we talked about how to get on mission. And we studied and looked at the life of Priscilla and Aquila, a great example from the New Testament of a husband and wife that shared their lives with people together as a husband and wife. They shared their faith as a husband and wife, and they took risks together. They were 
were willing to trust God to do the impossible in and through their lives. So together they would grow in faith and express their faith. And then Brian and Amy did a great job sharing with us just some practical ways that their family has tried to find mission together and them as a husband and wife. So if you missed that message, I want you to go back and check it out. But today, today, I want to talk about what you do when you're on mission. So even if you're not on mission, hey, that can be one of the goals this year. You can say, hey, we're going to try to get on mission. But once you're on mission, a big question is how do we stay on mission together? Because here's the reality, and this is true for every individual and every marriage in the room. We naturally drift from God's mission to our problems. In fact, our problems become our mission. Think about it. We have problems at work. We have problems in relationship, problems financially, problems with our health. We have all kinds of problems and challenges in this life. And oftentimes, finding the solution to those problems, resolving those challenges becomes our mission in life. And, and, and think about this for a moment. This week, what did you think about the most? Did you think about God's mission or how to solve your problem? What did you talk about the most? What did you talk about with your spouse the most? Were you talking about how to solve problems, even if it's not problems between the two of you? Problems maybe with, with something with the house, something with the kids, something at work. You're trying to help each other, what? Resolve problems. What did you pray about the most? I'll just confess to you right now. This week, my prayers were more centered around my problems than how to accomplish God's mission. In fact, don't we judge a good Sunday morning that way? Wouldn't it be awesome if the pastor presents a problem that we can all relate to, and then he presents God's solution and then we decide, do we want to accept it and apply it? And that's not a bad thing. I mean, God wants to intersect our life, not just in the eternal things, but also in the temporal daily things. But if we're not careful, God's mission will become smaller and smaller and smaller in our lives. And if the secret to a healthy marriage is being on mission together, being on God's mission together, then we've got to figure out how do we, how, how do we pull up and make sure that we're on God's mission? In fact, the, the author of Hebrews says it this way, we need to think of ways to motivate, to inspire, to spur on, to push, to propel one another to love. He's talking about loving God, loving one another, loving others, loving our neighbors, even loving our enemies, and how to do good works, good things that God wants us to do for his glory, for his honor. And so the author of Hebrews is saying, we got to figure out how to do this. we got to figure out how to motivate one another to stay on mission. So how do we do that? How do we stay on mission together? Well, here at Fearless Church, we have something we call the Fearless Code. And the Fearless Code is made up of our distinct values that make up our unique identity as a culture and our identity and culture as a church. It's, it's how we do things. It doesn't determine what we do, but it does determine how we do it. And it's not the only way to do church. But it is simply our way. And part of the fearless code is this, strength in numbers. And this is the idea that everybody needs a pack. Everybody needs a team, a crew, a tribe, a band of brothers that's going to push us to be brave, to face our fears and rise up to the challenge that God has created us for. And, and, and the reality is none of us, we believe this, none of us is going to become a fearless follower of Jesus alone. We need each other. If we ever hope to get on mission and stay on mission, then we need to recognize that we need one another. That's why if you're around here for a while, you'll hear this word community. And the word community is this idea of other believers, other followers of Jesus speaking into our life to inspire, to motivate, to push us to love and good works, to, to help us stay on mission. Because here's the reality. Community is what keeps us on mission. If you want to get on mission and stay on mission, then you need community. Now, this isn't just a unique idea to Fearless Church. 
From the very beginning, when God chose a people for himself, one of the most famous kings is a man named King Solomon. And some of you have recognized that name. Wisest king in Israel's history. And King Solomon, arguably, is the wisest man who ever lived. And King Solomon says it this way. He says, two people are better than one. In other words, community is a good thing. Why? Because they can help each other succeed. They can help one another stay on mission. And then he begins to list and express why or how that happens. He starts off like this. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. Now, here's the reality. Don't miss this. If you are a follower of Jesus or you decide to follow Jesus, just know that at some point you are going to fall. You are going to fail. You are going to disobey God. You are going to sin. A person could be highly committed to Christ and growing in their faith, but they're still going to sin. And let me say it this way as well. If you are married, if you are married, your marriage will have seasons of falling and failure. I know no engaged couple wants to hear this, but there's going to be some hard days, some hard weeks, some hard months, and even some hard years in your marriage. It's a reality. And, 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 and Solomon would say, if, if you're alone and isolated in those moments, you're going to be in trouble. See, here's the reason your marriage will fall and will fail and will have some seasons of struggle. It's because your spouse married a sinner. And so did you. And you may say, I don't know, man. I'm so committed to Christ, or I don't know. You know, it, Let me tell you, the Apostle Paul is a great example of a fearless follower of Jesus who changed the world. And listen to what the Apostle Paul says about himself. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what's right, but I can't. What, ladies, why don't they propose like this? You know, I know nothing good dwells in me, right? You might like double check, right? You're like, maybe I should think about that. He continues on. He says, I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. Can't you relate to this? This is why I love the Bible. It's so relatable because that's how I live my life. I look at that. I say, man, I feel that way. I want to obey God. I'm telling you in front of all of you, I love Jesus. And I want to obey him, but then I find this principle in my life. And when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what's wrong. Here's the, here's the idea. It's not if you will fall, but when, when you will fall. Who's there to grab you? Who's there to motivate you, to encourage you? Not just to correct you, but to redirect you and back to God's mission. And this isn't just true individually. It's true of our marriages. Just replace that word. When, when your marriage has that struggle, who's there? Who's there pointing you to Christ? Who's there challenging you not just to stay together, but to stay on mission together? Because here's the deal. Someone that falls alone is in real trouble. Probably one of the biggest marriage issues I see in our culture today is this word right here, isolation. So many couples are approaching marriage and it's just us and no one else. It's our issues, your issues are your issues, my issues are my issues, let's stay away and we isolate. And so honestly, like in a pastoral counseling moment, when I'm with a couple, one of the first questions I ask them is who's in your life? Who else knows about this? And you already know the answer. What do you think they say? Nobody. Nobody. Pastor, we're not going to air our laundry. Like, isn't that what you get paid for? Like, so we can say things and you don't have to, you don't get to tell anybody, right? Some people I find even are in community groups at our church. And I say, who knows about this? Nobody. They don't share it. And here's the reality. If you and I decide that we are going to try to stay on mission in isolation, what's going to happen is it's going to fuel this drift. Because in isolation, what, what becomes the conversation? 
What becomes the prayer? What becomes the argument? It's not about accomplishing God's mission together. It's about solving his problems. We're isolated from one another. I can't say this clear enough. In your marriage, if you want to stay on mission together, you need community because community keeps us on mission. Solomon continues on and he says, look, likewise, two people lying close together, they can keep one another warm. Now that makes perfect sense, right? Physically, you're like body heat. But think about it from a spiritual perspective. You and I need other believers in our life that are growing in their faith, that are stepping out in faith, that are expressing through word and action what it looks like to follow Christ. We need their fire to keep our fire hot. In fact, God said it this way. He said, look, I know all the things you do that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. Like when Jesus calls us to follow him, he wants us to go all in. There's no halfway in Jesus, halfway following Jesus. He says, but since you are like lukewarm water, since you're trying to play this halfway thing where I'm, I'm committed to Christ when it's easy, I'm committed to Christ when it's popular or convenient, he says, no, 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 you're neither hot or cold. Go one or the other. I spit you or spew you out of my mouth. Again, when, when Jesus called people to follow him, he set the bar high, a lot higher than we do in our culture. He said, any man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy of the kingdom of God. In other words, when you begin to get on mission with God, don't look back. Go all in, and it'll be a challenge. And let me tell you something. You will quit if you do it alone. You will quit if you do it alone. So who do you have that's there to encourage, inspire, to motivate, to spur, to hold you accountable, to say, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, we can solve some problems. Let's stay on mission together. Solomon continues on, and he says, look, a person standing alone, a person doing marriage in isolation will be attacked and defeated. And don't miss this. If you decide, and it is 100% your decision, if you decide to align your life with God and his mission, you should anticipate and expect spiritual attack. Let me say it again. If you decide right where you're sitting, in fact, some of you may say, well, that's very helpful. I'm not gonna be on mission with God. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, because if you decide it to step out and say, no, 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 I'm going to allow my life to count for now and all of eternity. I'm going to be on mission with God. Expect a spiritual attack, especially in marriage. Apostle Paul says it this way. If you do get married, it's not a sin. So, yay. You're like, it feels like it, but no. <laughs> however, however, those who do get married are going to have what? Troubles. Paul says, look, I'm just trying to give you some advice as a church leader that I want you to be able to avoid these problems. Why do married couples have troubles and, 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 and problems? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Don't miss this. Because Satan hates your marriage. It's not just that he hates marriage. He hates your marriage. Because your marriage is a significant part of God's mission. Your marriage is a, a great mystery, a great uh, mystery to explain, but it is an illustration or a revelation of Christ and the church. And Satan hates Christ and the church. So therefore, do not be surprised whether you've been married five days or five decades to have a consistent, persistent spiritual attack on your marriage, especially especially if you get on mission. I know what some of you are thinking. This is the worst church I've ever been in. When's the encouragement? Right? When you get on mission, what do we do? How do we respond? Do we shrink back? No, no, no. The Apostle Peter says this, then stay alert. Don't be a fool. If we're going to be a church on mission, we ought to be aware of what's coming ahead. There is a real enemy, the devil, and I know you don't all believe that, but let me tell you something. I believe it's 100% true, and I've experienced it. 
the constant, consistent spiritual attack that will come on your life when you align with God's will, God's way, God's mission. And then he says, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Satan wants to destroy your marriage. Satan wants to destroy your marriage. Your marriage reflects the beauty of Christ and the church and the love and the gospel like no other marriage, so he wants to destroy it. So what do we do? I guess we just kind of shrink back. We go to the sidelines because if we stay out of the action, we can't get hurt. No, watch what Peter says. He says, no, 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 you stand firm. As fearless followers of Jesus, we don't back down. He that's in me is greater than he that's in the world. You can't take me out, Satan. I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to be strong in my faith. And let me tell you this, don't miss this. You are not going to stand firm. You are not going to be strong in the faith. You are not going to stay on mission alone. Every one of us needs a team, a tribe, a crew of people that, are got, that have our back in the midst of the attack. Why? Because two can stand back to back and say it loud and proud with me, and they will conquer. I know you want victory in your life. I know you don't want to be devoured and defeated in life. You want victory. You want a strong and healthy marriage. Get on mission with God. Stay on mission with God. But realize if you don't put people around you, you're not going to stay on mission. And almost like an exclamation point, he says this. He says, look, three are even better. Get more people in your life because their triple-coated braid is not easily broken because you already know this because there's strength in numbers. Look, here's the thing. Every married couple in our church, every, we need to know, if you're watching, you need to know this, that if you want to stay on mission, you need community because community keeps us on mission. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, many of us, the majority of us, and it's okay. Like, I don't want you to walk out of here feeling guilty. I want you to act, walk out of here and take action. The majority of us don't have these kind of people in our lives. People that are speaking into your life and into your marriage that are not only just trying to keep you together, but they're trying to keep you on mission. So the first thing you got to do is find this community. And when, in order to find this community, you got you to take initiative and be intentional. Take initiative. And men, this is especially true for you. Men, we are called to lead our families. And you may say, that's a scary thought. And I agree with it completely. My wife is 10 times, I'm just kidding, 100 times smarter than me, right? And she knows the Bible and she prays and she's connected and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's my most common spiritual guidance in the room is just answering honestly. But I know that God's called me as the leader of my household to take the initiative and be intentional, to find those relationships. And finding other couples that are on mission is challenging. So what you do is you find places that you can meet people that are on a similar mission. At Fearless Church, we cannot find your community for you. If we could, we would. We love you, we pray for you, but we can't find your people. If we could, we'd do a sign-up list, and boom, you'd find some of the best, not just friends, but fellow warriors on mission. But we can't. So what we do is we create events and environments where you can show up, take initiative, and be intentional about meeting people that you want in your life. That's why we do man camp. That's why we do woman camp. That's why we do women camp. That's, well, I said woman camp twice. I guess we're doing it twice this year. Just kidding. <laughs> Family camp. That's why we do re-engage, parenting 101, uh, exploring serving, starting point, community groups. We do all these things because we want to provide an environment where you can show up, take initiative, and be intentional to find those people. And once you find those people, once you find your community, you have to share with your community. This is what I mean. You need to share your fears your failures, your weaknesses, your struggles. You need to share your problems. Again, Jesus said, look, here on this earth, you have many trials and sorrows, and, and you already know this. You're just frustrated because I put it up on the screen. But this is a reality. 
You know in this world there's going to be some problems, but take heart. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be beat down. Instead, remember that Jesus has overcome. And so my question for you, in your marriage, when you're experiencing the trial, the sorrow, the pain, the heartache, the problem, who's there to say, hey, 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 let me encourage you. Remember, Christ is in control. Remember, he is overcome. Who's there constantly pulling you back towards Jesus? Who in your life is helping you process your problems? You need people to help you process your problems. That's important. But biblical community is more than just a support group. Biblical community is more like a platoon of soldiers that make sure that we pursue God's mission together. We've got a great mission, an eternal mission that binds us together like no other group or organization in the world. Your marriage has an opportunity to be bound together by a mission that's not just of this world, but is eternal. So who are those in your life that are helping you, yes, process, but also helping you pursue? You also serve with your community. Those other people, they inspire and motivate you because together you serve. I would remind you of our mission as a church. Our mission is to be fearless followers of Jesus but notice, it's not fearless followers of Jesus to just sit in our house and do nothing. It's fearless followers of Jesus that believe God can and will use us to do infinitely more than all that we ask or imagine. So therefore, we step out of our homes, we step out in bold faith to go change the world. So who are those people in your life that you sit around in a circle or you have coffee with and they say, man, how are we changing the world together? How are we making disciples? How are we loving our neighbors? Who are those people that you work with consistently that are keeping you on mission and you're changing the world with? Finally, encourage your community. The same way your community encourages you, you need to show up in their lives, whether it's a community group or not, it doesn't matter. You need to show up in their lives to encourage them. In fact, this is what Hebrews was talking about. Let us think of ways to motivate, spurn, push, propel, whatever, one another to acts of love and good works, not neglecting meeting together. In other words, we don't play the isolation game around here. Don't isolate yourself. Instead, encourage one another. And all the more, because guess what? The day of his, you know that his talking about? Jesus. Jesus is returning. No one knows the day or the hour, but let me let you know something. Today, we're closer than we've ever been. And that's not a joke. I mean, watch the news. Get on social media. Spend an hour, probably not more, looking, and you'll be like, what is happening? Our world is falling apart. Things in America, things in other countries, right? His coming is soon. And so with that urgency, we need to figure out how to not isolate and instead become interdependent and push one another, propel one another to be on mission together. So what if it's true? What if it's true? Like, what if the secret to a healthy marriage is devoting yourself to God's mission? What if, lean in a little bit, work with me for a moment, what if God looks at your marriage not like you do at all? You're in survival mode, and God's like, no, 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 no. I want to heal that brokenness, and I want to raise you up, and I want to use you to forever change this world. What if you are a significant, your marriage is a significant part of God's mission? If that's the case, then it's worth our time to figure out how to get on mission together. It's worth those awkward conversations that don't just happen over a period of days. It's more like weeks or months. How do we, how do we get on mission together? It's worth doing whatever it takes to stay on mission. It's worth saying, how do we get this community? Because community is going to keep us on mission together. I want to ask you one final question. Who is it? Who is it? Who's that person right now that you know that's praying for your marriage? 
They're praying, God, somehow do a miracle that their marriage would become healthy and strong. Who is it that if they were sitting in this room and heard this message would say, okay, so that guy's saying if they get on mission and stay on mission, they'll get healthy and stay strong. Yeah, who is that asking God to do that in your marriage? Is it your spouse that feels so alone and abandoned because the reality is you're not on mission together? Is it your kids that are worried about showing up after school tomorrow because it'll be another fight? Mom and dad are always fighting because there's different priorities and honestly different missions. Pull in the opposite directions. Is it your extended family that they don't know Jesus, but they desperately need to see a couple where they see the gospel, the love of Christ, the compassion, the goodness, the mercy, the forgiveness. They need to see Jesus in the flesh through you as a husband and wife. Is it your neighbor's? For God so loved their na- your neighbor that he gave them the only, his only begotten son. And then, not only did he lo- give Jesus to die on the cross, he loved them so much he put you as their neighbor. He made a way for them to understand and know the goodness, the grace, the mercy, the salvation that's offered through Jesus Christ by putting you in that neighborhood as a husband and wife. Is it your community group? It's your, is it your community that's going to show up Tuesday night and they show up to your community group and they need to see an example of what it looks like to see a couple on mission together? Look, I want you, I promise you, my, my heart is, I feel like my heart's pure in this. I want you to have a strong and healthy marriage, every single one of you. That's, that is my prayer, that is my hope, my desire. But for just a moment, I'm going to ask for those people that are praying you have a strong and healthy marriage that desperately need you to get on mission together. Couples, hundreds of couples throughout the course of your marriage that your marriage will touch and change their lives. What could God do? What could God do in and through your marriage? If you got on mission together and you stayed on mission together, how many lives could be changed, not only on this side of heaven, but for all of eternity? You are significant to God. You are strategic to God. You are important. You are mission critical. And so is your marriage. What would it look like to have a church full of marriages that were on mission together for God's glory and the blessing of our city? Let's pray.